The new movie starring Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie is booming in the box office. But on this special live edition of the Good Fight Radio Show, we are going to be discussing exactly what is actually being pushed on the audiences going to see the new Barbie movie. The Good Fight Radio Show. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel, to discuss really what's going on. So, Pastor yeah, Joe. I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to share uh, with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, hopefully some people that don't know Christ, who will open up their hearts and minds, because one of the things about these exposés, Chad, uh, if we didn't have the evidence, it would be almost unbelievable. But when you see what's going on, that children are actually being targeted Millions of young people are being targeted by what the Bible tells us is a very real demonic spiritual realm uh, that's going after our children, going after families, going after us uh, with deception. And I mean, there's admitted, you know, and we'll get into this, the quotes in a little bit. I mean, it's it's absolutely nefarious what we're about to expose. And you need to let other people know that we're on right now because it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow their mind in regard to uh, there's a satanic agenda that is through this movie and many movies after the hearts and minds of our children. Amen. And one of the things we want to do is not only be here and give this expose, but what we're going to be doing, and this is going to be just commonplace for you guys who have been on our lives before. A lot of the people on here, you'll see admins and mods and so forth uh, that have helped us out along the way. But uh, we are going to be doing a lot more Q&A based on the live streams that we do so we can get you guys a little more involved and a lot of those i'm going to be looking at towards the end so we'll let you guys know when we get up to the q a portion of this but first and joe already kind of mentioned this uh by way of just encouraging you guys this is a great way for people to see the wickedness and say wait it's not just something to you know i i watched you know joe when it came to this i i watched the movie and then i watched i didn't want any opinions yet i was like let me just watch the movie and then I'll go through some of the opinions. I watched what some of some liberal commentators that really liked the movie were saying. And then I also watched guys like Ben Shapiro. And it, in all honesty, you get these guys and it seems like they're just yelling at a cloud because they don't have the ultimate witness of the gospel. They don't understand the spiritual truth. They don't understand yeah. it. And even when they bring up that, well, yeah, you know, in her other movies, you know, Greta Gerwig, the director, and I, I don't want to get too deep here. This is all uh, to encourage you guys to share this, but... But the truth is, is we want to get into the spiritual aspect of it. Why this all matters when it makes over $100 million in a weekend and so many people are going to see it and so many Christians are taking their little daughters to it. When I went to go see this film just last night, that's how recent I went to go see this, just last night when I checked out this film to see what was going on in it, literally at the late night showing after Bible study, I thought, oh man, I'll be like the only one in there. And then next thing you know, I watch three ladies come in, the mom a daughter between 16 and about 18 and a daughter between eight and 10 years old mm, to watch man. this film. And so we are saying all of this because when we're doing these reviews on these films, we would love for you to share these reviews with other people. We would love if you got a chance, make sure to click like on that. And I see a ton of people have, so praise God for that. Make sure to click like, make sure to just go. If you have Twitter or Facebook or whatever you have, Use it and utilize that tool to be able to share this so we can share the gospel. That's the spiritual people. war, and you want to take part in the war, not just, you know, be a spectator. You want to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to get involved, get the truth out. Amen. And, you know, Joe, one of the things I think about, um, I got to share my personal testimony recently at the uh, Good Fight Ministries Youth Retreat we had in Tahoe, which was awesome. 
and I got to share my my testimony. And obviously, for those who know the ministry, know a lot of my testimony stems from me coming to Christ, <laughs> from watching They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll. And I can tell you this, when I came to know Christ and I watched that video, I didn't know I was sharing the gospel, Joe. I just knew that I had I was blind and now I see. And I was like, I want to take this to everyone. I all my friends like that I was partying with the week before, I'm like, no guys, we're not partying. We're gonna watch this video. And so I say all that to just encourage you guys, just whatever God has at your hands, use it and use it for the glory of God. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I'll just mention this real no, quick yeah, because please. I just got a text from a brother named Sean. Uh, he's uh, from Pakistan all these years ago, one of the most beautiful Christians you'll ever meet. And he loves the Lord. And he wasn't a Christian, but he saw they sold their souls by another na- brother named Ryan. And they saw it while they are in the army and they showed it to other guys and they all these guys came to Christ and they formed a Bible study and came visit the church here, uh, which meets below us here. We're up in the studio, Little uh, Chapel. And I just got a text from him. He, now he's a medical doctor. He's a professor at University of Medicine. And he's like, Joe, just a couple days ago, can I buy 200 copies of They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll? Because I want to get these out to all kinds of people because it's such a powerful witness. And people use it for evangelism all the time, but it's not just that that video. We've got all sorts of them. We have these shows that bring people to Christ. So be part of the Lord's Army. No, amen. That's a that's an awesome story. And and one of the things we're going to be letting you guys know about is the fact that you can watch that right now for free. For you free. Can just go on I let them know that, site. by the way. Yeah. Oh, praise God. And, and go to our website, and it's right there. You just click it, man. And one of the things I love is a lot of the people that are doing that, and we are going to get to the Barbie review. I hate to, to push this, this often in any way, but um, one of the things that I love is that a lot of people, when they're like trying to buy videos and stuff they might have, it's just because they want to support the ministry. They're like, I don't know how to do that. So yeah. here, I'll, I want to bless you guys. And guess what? I'm going to get something that I can go and share with people. So that's, that's give a something blessing. tangible a lot of times or more often. Okay, I'll check it out. That's true. And and what's great is you're going to be able to go to the website. And, and guys, like I said, we're live. So I'll be in the comments and I'm going to go on there and I'm going to put the live version in the comments so you guys can check it out. And if you're watching this after we're all done with it, they'll be in the live stream comments as you're watching. So pray, praise God. And and Joe, I, I wanted to say this before we get into, because it's heavy right away. Uh, as, as I mentioned, I try to look at all the different commentaries. And funny enough, when we were talking about uh, this, I was telling you, hey, Dorian Virtue actually came out with a video and she even tagged us in it. I was just talking to you yesterday when we were here at the office. And you're like, oh yeah, that's really funny because I'm in that interview. And yeah, I'm, she was actually she interviewed me for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, that's really good because it was excellent. And we're gonna put a link in the description here so you guys can check it out. I'll put a link right now in the comments. Which we'll cover some ground that we're not gonna cover here. And here we'll cover ground I didn't cover there. So. That's exactly right. So you guys will be getting all over uh, here. And and I, you know. And real quick, yeah. that's gotta, you know, she's an ex-New Ager. She's the top ex, yeah. I mean, I mean, she's just was the leading new age. I mean, she sold new age or she sold all kinds of stuff. Then she big old powerful story. I know we got to get right in this, but she uh, came to Christ, did a 180, repented. Now she's like us. I'm an ex Satanist new age type guy. And, uh, and she's now all about Jesus. And it was a great interview. No, praise God. And, and it was, I, I actually finished it earlier today after seeing the film. Cause I wanted to make sure I saw the film first. Didn't want to have any opinions going into it. And wow, Joe, that's going to get us right into this because I had no idea as you know, kid growing up, obviously I didn't play with Barbies or anything like that, but I have little sisters, I have cousins and, and so forth. I, I think just about every girl in America almost has probably owned a Barbie at some point. I had no idea. I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest with you guys. I had no idea all some of the, just where it all started and yeah. everything. And most I think that's, don't. that's yeah. for most 
people. They have no idea, yeah. Joe. And I think some of the quotes we're going to go through, uh, that even the ones we'll be starting with, Joe, I think people are going to be really shocked. Okay, well, I'll start with, I think this quote by itself pretty much tells the story. And man, I'm, I, I know we're going to get a ton of people that are going to keep coming on. They're going to miss this. So we'll probably repeat this a couple of times. You know why? Because it's such a powerful quote. And this was a, a, a declaration made by a man who plays Barbie, one of the Barbies, as a female, and uh, Hari Neff. And Hari Neff is a man, pretended to be a woman, claimed to be a woman, trans. Uh, and you wouldn't notice it, him being a man, you'd say, oh, unless you knew who he is. And he's being interviewed by Out.com, and which is a, you know, come out of the closet and show your, show your homosexuality or whatever it is, and promote it and parade it and all that. You know what he said? He was talking about the movie itself. And this is a direct quote. You can go to Out.com, and find this, he says, of the movie Barbie, he says, it's a candy, it's a candy, or I'm sorry, it's candy with a little poison. Come on now. It's candy with a little poison. And that's what I like. Now, Chad, when you, I mean, come on, you guys. I mean, right there, he's telling us that they're poisoning the children, man. They're poisoning the adults, they're poisoning the people that are watching it. And he knows what's going on to a degree, obviously. And I put poisoning children. I mean, come on, that's one of those heinous things that you can do is poison a child. It's right up there with sex trafficking, with pedophilia, uh, with, with murdering kids in the womb, which the woke's all about that, you know. And uh, But just in the last couple weeks, week or so, New York Post, man who allegedly poisoned child, cheated on pregnant partner weeks before murder trial. The Guardian, woman 22 charged with procuring poison to abort her child. New York Times, opioids are leading the leading cause of child poisoning death and uh, so forth. But here we see, and we are, we're, we're horrified when we see those headlines, that millions of young people are being poisoned, their brains, their hearts, their minds, with the poisons, poison of woke, demonic uh, propaganda. And it's interesting, Hari Neff went on to say in that interview, as much as there is a celebration of femininity and being a, a girl in this movie, I think there's also an encouragement of letting go of the checklist we ascribe to living uh, and, and living your life and being in your body your way on your own terms. In other words, getting rid of moral checklists, basically do what thou wilt. And this movie pro, uh, pro propagates just kind of do what thou wilt or doing your own thing. No, it, it is true. And if you guys, you know, we're going to get deep into what it's all about and, and, and so forth. But just starting from that vantage point, when we're going back from the movie, let alone, you know, Barbie as a whole from its start, and when you look at the movie, as you mentioned, the doctor is actually a guy, right? The the, the Barbie doctor there is actually a man dressed up as a woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know this trans nonsense that they have to always throw it in there. Uh, it's kind of like when the the Disney higher ups were, you know, on mm. you know their little chats and they're the not so secret gay agenda. That quote end quote. And this is what's going on. And one of the things, Joe, and this really bothered me. I actually wrote down the list as I was sitting there. I, I want to go through this because people are like, they were asking Margot Robbie, hey, what what's the, you know, uh, is this for children? Who's supposed to be watching this? Because it's a doll that's typically played for kids that are under nine years old. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality. You can't get around that. And when you look at it, when you go to the movie, here are the list. I wrote this down just from my notes. These are the movies that are previewed before the Barbie movie. Which is very revealing. And here's what it, here's what it is. The first one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The second one, Trolls. The third one, Haunted Mansion by Disney. The fourth one, Hunger Games. The fifth one, Willy Wonka. And the sixth one, the sixth preview before the movie started, 
was a Marvel film about a young, a younger, uh, younger man um, being a hero and so forth. Obviously, they're expecting that people, especially people maybe my age, maybe your age as well, that they are going to take their kids or may, you know maybe even grandkids to go watch this film, take those daughters because the independence of Barbie and so forth and you know the dream house and all this, and they're going to take them. And how how do how why would I think that that's what they thought? Well, then why? Who are you? I'm not trying to go see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles That's and right. Trolls <laughs> and, and so forth. They know that the people like me, I guess, or my wife, if we were not saved, didn't know the Lord and just said, hey, or didn't have any idea, ignorance as well. Oh, we're going to take him to go see Barbie. Of course, we're going to go see Barbie, not knowing the stuff that was actually going to be in there. No, and that's a great point. I mean, uh, the very trailers for all these kiddie movies, they're not wasting their money. They're saying, hey, we know the kids are there. We're going to make money off the kids being there and so forth because they're going to go to the Barbie movie. And it's interesting, Chad, because I'll give you another quote from Vox. This is a liberal yeah. you know, uh, rag, liberal rag <laughs> pro Barbie. But listen to what listen to what they said. I think this is interesting. Uh, caught my eye. I read the, I read the article. Barbie is not the kind of IP uh, or that naturally lends itself to cinematic and philosophical musings, right? But in Gerwig's hands, along with her co-writer Noah Baumbach, which is also her partner. It's sly, it's sly, and just about as subversive as a movie can be. I mean, right there, Vox is saying this is about as subversive as a movie could be. And that's what we're saying. Hey, we're just letting the truth out. And if you're not a Christian, you're saying, I wonder what these guys are going to say about it. Come on, they are, you know, one of the main, one of the prominent title Barbies that played in it, you know, a man playing a woman, says it's candy that's got a little poison in it. I like that. They're poisoning our kids, and Vox admits it's about as subversive as the movies can get. And who are they subverting? Who are they poisoning? Children, man. It's demonic. That's exactly right. And and I think that's exactly why we're doing this show, because we want to look at the spiritual reality behind it. It's not just something like, oh, this is really bad, and there might be some bad influences on society, and maybe if you vote Republican, then it'll change all things. It's not the case. Guys, this has been thrusted upon us for how long? It is the milieu of Hollywood. It's what we are involved in. It's what is just pushed down children's faces. And those previews, as you mentioned, and we bring this up a lot because it is a hard truth that people have to come to realize. When the Super Bowl happens, they spend millions of dollars for 30-second ads. Yeah. I mean millions, five, six million dollars for 30 seconds, right? They are doing that because they know all they need is one girl to crack open a Pepsi at the end, which they probably wouldn't drink anyways. They wouldn't once, look once like that. Celebrity, yeah. <laughs> and they, they, <laughs> they, 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 they crack open this Pepsi at the end of whatever 30, 30 seconds of craziness. And they're like, that's going to affect people because they're going to see them and go, I want to have that too. What about an icon like Barbie? That I've been playing with them ever since I was little. This beautiful lady, Margot Robbie, she's going to play the role and look at this. And then you're going to get shoved down your throat. How terrible. And really, it's kind of interesting. I was watching another live streamer do a review on this and someone wrote in the comments, I'm asexual. I have no attraction towards anyone, and I was so glad that finally there was a, a movie for me that put my job and getting a job as more important than a family. And mm. I thought, wow, that is so heartbreaking that that was what you got out of it. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible's very clear that there is a gift, the charisma. There's a gift of singleness mm -hmm. for people that God will use that person for radical ministry. Yeah. That's a reality. The Apostle Paul, man, wrote but it won't the New be Testament. to be enslaved at some job, and you're just going to be like, I'm going to be, I can't, I just need more people enslaved to a job. 
Yeah. Uh, because ultimately, even if you are working at some vocation, your job, if you're a believer, that has purpose Amen. is, guess what? As an ambassador, as a reconciler, to bring people to know Christ. So you have a great job, a great duty. You've been called way greater than, I don't care if you work for IBM or anyone else, you've been called to a way greater purpose because you are bringing people to come to know the King of Kings. And so uh, I, I think that's important to point out, Joe, because we have to see that the radical hatred for the family yeah. and and Joe, it does seem, and we're going to be playing something here. We're going to play a clip here. It does seem, and we want to get into the fact that the spiritual realities of this, because we're looking at the movie, and we're seeing, wow, this is really jaded. This is like, wow. And it's so in your face. It's so embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassingly in your face. But, Joe, as this clip shows, it seems like Barbie as a whole, like, they've been getting into some weird stuff anyways. Yeah, Absolutely. At party she will cast a spell Someday I'm gonna be Exactly like you I'll make believe that I am you Now, now Joe, I, I wanted to play that. Obviously you got casting of spells and so forth, but one of the things that's is... Your, that's, by the way, the very first... Barbie, Barbie commercial, which which brings us back to what is the edifice here? Like, where did this whole thing come from? And it's it's kind of interesting because in the movie, all the CEOs, all the heads of the company, they're 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 men, right? And they're like, and it's Will Ferrell, I playing the role of Elf pretty much again, which is every role he's ever had. But but you you look at it uh, that or he just used less profanity in this one, and there is profanity by the way, uh, not to mention some innuendo. Uh, some really disgusting innuendo. Immodesty throughout. You, immodesty used throughout. But but Joe, just I, I guess just to take it back a little bit to what the edifice, because you're talking about that we're talking about the the first ad, right? This whole this whole nonsense. But what about before that? Where does this all come? Where does Barbie? Where did the the theme for Barbie even come from? The idea from it? Yeah, and and before I mention that, I want our, our audience to know in the clip that was just played. Notice the words. Not only is it you know she'll cast a spell, you know. Uh, you know, the witchcraft thing going as early as 1959, right? But it says, she, the, 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 it's like a child's supposed to be singing in a lady's voice that basically she says, I want to be exactly like you. So Barbie's supposed to be a role model from the get-go, right out of the shoot. She's singing, I want to be, you know, exactly like you, Barbie. So she meant, was meant to be a role model, but then when you think, to your question, Chad, a role model of what? What was Barbie, you know? And we're going to, you know, later in the movie, we'll talk about this as well in a, in a deeper context. We really, really get deeper into this but right now i mean we need to understand what we're talking about right now because this is wicked as it can actually get is uh, they're basically breaking their dolls in one of the trailers in the beginning of the movie uh i i went before you bro and i and i didn't want to go with you man i went two guys going to watch a watch barbie like what's messed up about that man but i had to investigate it was like i was dragged in it basically you know kicking and screaming i did not want to go see this movie but to do what we do i have to expose it so i asked my wife if she'd go with me and she was just disgusted she saw what they were doing I showed her the, the the poison candy quote before she went, so she'd have the right frame of mind to see where they're coming from. But it's interesting, Chad, uh, when you watch this, it's so sexualized, and they try to get away with it. Well, she doesn't really have body parts and so forth. Give me a break, man. What are people seeing? What are they thinking uh, You know, with, with the actress and so forth? But what's crazy about this is she's based on a German, uh, a German call girl. Uh, basically... You know, I mean, in 19, I think it was 1952, uh, Germany, they, there was a comic strip about Bill Lilly, about Bill Lilith, uh, not Lilith, I mean, Bill Lilly. And uh, Bill Lilly was a high-priced 
prostitute, call girl. Oh, but she worked too, but she would try to get dates with only guys that had a ton of money so she could make, you know, she could get money from them and so forth. And uh, in fact, you know what? The New Yorker magazine, just to let you know, New Yorker magazine referred to Lily, uh, Lily as a sex doll. Washington Post, uh, Barbie, pornographic origin, as told by historians. That's their headline. U.S. Today stated that Bill, uh, Bill Lilly was sassy and raunchy. Uh, Ruth Handler, who is the lady uh, who, who co-founded Mattel, was, basically had to leave there as, after she co-founded it and discovered Lilly and then brought Lilly in and changed her up just a little bit uh, into uh, Barbie, uh, Barbie, she had basically said, uh, the article USA Today says that Ruth Handler had toned down her sexuality, uh, the, the sexuality of Bill Lilly, so Barbie was more appealing to parents. So basically kind of just sneaking her under the parental radar, she's sexualized but not quite as sexualized as Bill Lilly was to get away with it. In fact, Sears wouldn't pick it up at first because they, they thought, oh, this is over the top. Uh, in one of the comic scenes in the comic strip before in 1955, 1952, the comic strip starts, Bill Lilly, but then in 1955, she becomes a German doll, and she was basically used for bachelor parties and so forth, used by men, uh, and one, you know, article talks about how men would use her, like, you know, like she was a, instead of a blow-up doll, pretty disgusting stuff here, uh, and in one comic scene, a policeman comes up to her, uh, to Bill Lilly, that is the precursor to Barbie, oh, uh, you know, basically, hey, you're violating German law, you know, you're wearing a two-piece, you know, bathing suit on the sidewalk here in the middle of town and she answers because she's sassy and raunchy oh and in your opinion what part should i take off you know so that's the that's the gal you know the persona we're dealing with and uh she ends up becoming you know uh barbie in fact salon.com uh i was reading their article on bill Lilly and how she became barbie and i'm just going to read a little bit from that barbie was modeled on german cartoon character an ambitious hooker named Lilly. Lilly traded sex for money uh, while a cartoon Lily was a user of men, the doll was herself a plaything, a masculine joke, perhaps for worst German males who could not afford the, to play with the real Lily. Lily was addressed with uh, was dressed like a prostitute. A Barbie turns out to have been a foreign whore on the run. Somehow, the kind of girl your brother couldn't take home to mom uh, became a role model for millions of young girls. And as I'm reading this article, and I'm skipping around with a lot of ellipses there, just to let you know, as I'm, as I'm reading through this article, all of a sudden I'm realizing this is being written by a prostitute, saying that Barbie was a, it was a, a, a uh, icon for her, was an influence on her life, you know? And she said, I never even had a Barbie when I was a kid, but she had an impact on my life and, and so forth. So this is, this is an article coming down on it, uh, uh, Barbie role model commercials, you know, you just, uh, we just saw it, she had, uh, we just played, where now girls want to be exactly like her went just right outside the shoot 1959 but she's a toned down sexualized sleazy one sleazy owl yeah no it, it, when i was looking at that and and actually and I'll, I'll put another uh i'll remind you guys of the link when i when i first clicked on the uh the interview that you did that was brought out right away in your interview with dorian virtue like i said that i'll put in the chat here and I was like, wow, I had, no, I honestly had no idea. I, re I really did not. I didn't know they were pushing this stuff. I didn't know where the whole theme came from and all of that. I did know, obviously, you know, dressing up and, and all that stuff. You're like, okay, this, I, you know, I never really paid too much attention to who Barbie was. But to see that that's the edifice, to see that that's the, where, where you get the, the impetus to do the this, edifice, the right? foundation yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, amen. It's like, whoa, that's really interesting. And then you see this, 
you, you know, this movie that comes out and, and people are going to and taking their children to see and they're obviously promoting it to children. And one of the things I've heard a number of people say is they couldn't believe how much this movie was promoted, the money that was poured into yeah. this. And it was like, wow. And to just go there to see some political filmed, wrapped up, not just political, spiritual, um, wrapped up in, you know, basically what little girls played with as children. Then you see the connection there with some of the ways that the whole thing started. It's like, oh, well, I get it now, you yeah. know. And, you know, I you know we have people in our chat, and I want to give some uh, credence a little bit on here uh, to some of the people that are on there. Thank you guys for being there. Some of the mods as well. You guys are, are a blessing, especially if I have to talk and, uh, uh, and so forth and can't get involved on there. But really blessed by you guys. Um, but one of the things, you know, someone's like, you guys are, are just being legalistic. Guys, this isn't legalism. This is just expressing and what's going on. And how can you say on. that before you see the evidence we're presenting? That's kind of like <laughs> sticking your head in the dirt and not seeing it. Say, oh, it's legalistic because you don't want to see the truth, perhaps. If you look at the truth right from the get-go, when you have a son here, one of the, uh, a title actor that claims to be a woman saying it's poison for kids or basically, I'm sorry, saying it's candy with poison in it. And to say that's legalistic, to keep our kids from poison, come on now. Yeah, that sounds pretty rough. I mean, you literally have someone telling you that. I mean, that's not our opinion, you know. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, Alan Moore and what was said about him, you know, the candy-coated bullets that they were shooting yeah. into kids' heads to get them good and blanked. Like, yeah. that, that was from his friends. His friend and of Grant Morrison. Friend yeah, of saying, Grant hey, Morrison, you're he, right. He Grant basically Morrison. puts candy around the bullets and fires in the heads of kids and they get really blanked up, he said. But then when we look at that, oh, that's legalistic. Just ignore what he's saying and just, just give your kids all the junk. Come on. No, and, and I think it's important because some people could get confused and they just think, oh, this is just legalism or something. Guys, we're trying to sh showcase what they're already saying. This isn't like, oh, you know, Chad and Joe, you guys are just making a bunch of opinions up. This is their own words. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're this doing. Is, that's what our message is about is documenting things. Documenting. And that, that's one of the biggest things, Joe, because we do have people that, that love our ministry and so forth that go down rabbit trails that lead to opinion-based things, you know, that are basically opinion pieces. And we want to say some of those opinions might be right. I mean, that's that's true. Some of you might have come up with some great opinions that are accurate. But we're a little more conservative on what we share because what we share is brought to light. And a lot of people are like, whoa, what? That's what why by the on? grace of God, we by the grace of God, we have a solid reputation uh, because people aren't, they're not able to find things where we've just made things up and said this and it was wrong. We're able to say, hey, guess what? This is what the scriptures say. This is what they're saying. And this is what we should be doing in light of it. Thus saith the scripture. Amen, Joe. And let's get to uh, our next clip. And this one's kind of interesting. It's a it's a Barbie jingle. And and Joe, I don't know if we have any of these. This is live for you guys. If you didn't know, we, we are live on this one. And uh, one of the things that uh, Doreen Virtue in that in that uh, in that interview she did with you that she went on about is how they've been selling different Barbies with crystals on them yeah. for New Age crystals and. And getting energy you from know, doing the meditations, Hindu Hindu med Eastern meditation. Yeah, yeah a meditation Barbies mm -hmm. teaching them all these things. But this jingle is really interesting, especially if you've done any amount. I mean, just a cursory knowledge of Satanism. So if we can get that that clip there, Josh and Tommy back there. All right, Joe, you can be anything you want. Everything's possible. And you know what's crazy is, you know, I guess before I was a believer, I guess you think, oh, yeah, this sounds great. Just pushing. You can be anything you want. I guess, you know, when it comes to some of the Barbies, 
Uh, except for the weirdo in Barbie that's pregnant, right? The weirdo Barbie. That's what they call the pregnant yeah. one, by the way. The weirdo yeah. Barbie. You can be anything you want except for pregnant Barbie, who's a weirdo over there. You can be anything you want. You can do anything you want. You can do whatever you want. This is the motto, I guess, of Barbie. Yeah, and it's really interesting, Chad, because uh, as we get deeper into this, this will make more sense. But the whole do what thou wilt philosophy. I mean, you can be whatever you want. You can, if you're a man, you can be a woman. You know, that's not true. I mean, you can deny your biology and say, I want to be a woman, but you're not going to ever become a woman. You're going to still, as I mentioned in the uh, interview with Doreen Virtue, which we did a couple of days ago, is you still have a prostate if you're a man. You know, you still have uh, every cell in your body is, is, is male. If you're a man, your DNA is, is, is male. Uh, it's, all, it's all a lie. And that's what Satan's lie was to Eve. You shall be as God. Okay, and it's gonna, and we're gonna see this is actually, and that's why anybody that would just jump in and say, oh, this is this without looking at what we're saying is not being very wise because the scriptures talk about hearing two sides of a story, you know, before you draw a conclusion. And it's really interesting when you look at uh, Bar Barbie's motto is basically, you, could, you know, be whatever you want and, and so forth. And uh, Ruth Handler, who uh, basically stole uh, Barbie from, you know, from Germany, a uh, German hooker, uh, said, my whole philosophy of Barbie was that. Uh, through the doll, the little girl could be anything she wanted to be. Now, when that was first being heard, you know, people were probably thinking she could work in the office or she can be an astronaut or whatever. Now it's gone to the perverse extremes of, you know, you can you can do, you know, become a different sex or you can have sex with 50 people at once or whatever. But it's interesting because in this, uh, in the beginning of the movie, you see this monolith, which we're going to get to later because it gets really deep. Now it's where it becomes overtly satanic when you start to see what what is happening here uh, with Greta with uh, Greta Gerwig and what she's doing as as the as the director and writer along with her husband her her uh, partner I should say uh, so it's interesting because they're smashing baby dolls and we'll get into that a little bit but these little girls have these little baby dolls and uh, they're playing with them on the beach and they love them they're like nurturing they're like dreaming of being mothers someday you know and they're hopefully their mothers would be role models to them and to bring life into the world right and nurture that life how beautiful you know how biblical right but then all of a sudden you know this powerful music from space Odyssey 2001 actually it's pretty power i'm not gonna get in deep in the movies music i get into it with doreen a little bit but it's interesting they all of a sudden are stunned because instead of the monolith which we'll get into later from 2001 it's this huge you know uh monolith of barbie, barbie yeah. and they be they're stunned they're amazed she becomes their god, and it's all you can explain is she becomes their idol, and they begin to smash their their baby dolls, bash their heads in, in, in exchange for wanting a Barbie to be Barbie rather than to be a mother. And it's interesting, Chad, because they I I, I feel like uh, you know they knew that that was going to come under a lot of derision. You know, you mentioned the, the Barbie that was considered you know the one you didn't want to stand by was the one that was pregnant. You know. And it's interesting as well. Later on in the movie, I knew they, they, they probably realized, okay, we're going to come under some derision here because people are going to say, wow, it's really against motherhood. But then they're like, oh, no, it's okay if you want to be a mother at the end of the movie. It's okay if you want to be a mother. But they said, but they called being a mother ordinary. It just made me want to puke right there, man. Being a mother ordinary? You know how amazing it is? I have a wife that is a mother. My mom is visiting me from Idaho. Uh, she's 87 years old, and she's out for the next, you know, she came out for a 10-day trip and uh, for the wedding of one of my nieces. And man, I treasure mothers, man. And uh, to say that and to teach that, and that's Satan's deal. And I get into the theology behind that 
in my interview with Dorian Virtue on how the battle of the sexes from Genesis chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 2, and how what Satan is doing through that. But it comes, but Satan brings the do what thou wilt philosophy. He wants to get women and men out of their roles, which are complementary to one another. We're all men and women equal before God. We just have different roles that are beautiful and complement each other, but Satan wants to destroy that. So you have this whole perverse thing where, where being a mother is, is simply uh, just, you know, basically... Basically, being a mother is is literally bashed. bashed. It's literally bashed. Babies are bashed, and then later it's like, oh, it's 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 okay to be a mother, but you're just basically ordinary, wicked, you know. It's repugnant, and it's crazy because you know Greta Gerwig actually talked about in interviews about the fact that you know this one is different. The creation myth of Barbie is different than the creation myth of the Bible, and. You notice in that's like the first words as you talked about the space odyssey. She says Ken was created first in this story instead of Adam being created. I'm she's sorry. She no, says, Barbie, she says yeah. Barbie was created first yeah. and then Ken. And she says it's, she used the word opposite. Yeah, it's everything's the opposite. That's Gnosticism. So if people don't understand Satanism. They don't understand Gnosticism. They don't understand what's going on here. They're gonna they're just gonna look at it like. Not, but you got to listen. You got to figure. You got to realize this is actually an agenda. She herself admitted that she was going on this whole. So, you know, the creation deal. Yeah, no, I, that's the important thing is that we actually see her actually saying that and then you see the opening of it. And by the way, Greta Gerwig is one of different directors who actually came out to try to get the role. And to get this role, you can look this up yourself, she made a Barbie Apostles Creed yeah. and read that out. They did. They haven't released what she said all in, in lines with that, but... I'm going to guarantee it's blasphemous because that's who she is. But when you look at it, the the words of the narrator that seems to be over what's going on in Barbie land and so forth, she points out that since women, since the beginning, women were created. So you get the very beginning and then that's where it's demeaned. They, you know, they got all these dolls that were just babies so the women could learn to be mothers. You know, that terrible motherhood, just horrible mothers. A bunch yeah. of people that had mothers talking about how terrible it is to have mothers. But anyway, let, let me give you the exact quote oh, yeah. uh, because you mentioned this, Chad. Yeah. Uh, she, she says that Barbie was invented first as she disses on the fashion, uh, in a fashion publication. Uh, Ken was invented after Barbie to burnish Barbie's position in our eyes and in the world. So basically, Ken is a sidekick. In fact, throughout the movie, she oh, basically yeah. doesn't want anything to do with him. You know, he's basically a boy toy for her and she could have any Ken really she wants. And it's interesting, she says, we also read this, uh, in the movie, like when it starts, she is uh, in a world where there's no aging or death or pain or shame or self-consciousness. She's talking about the Garden of Eden, folks. That's what she's depicting. And and then uh, she suddenly becomes self-conscious. That's when sin arises, right? In the book of Genesis. That's a really old story. Yeah, she's going back to Genesis. Uh, she told this to the Associated Press. Uh, and she goes on to say, and we know that story. Yeah, we do. And we know exactly what you're doing with it. And what Satanism does is it inverts the Genesis account and the serpent becomes the liberator, which we're going to see as this develops. It's exactly what happens in the movie. Not going to give too much away, but it's coming up. Uh, the serpent is the one that, that basically initiates uh, Eve into the world of the occult and self-consciousness and sin, and that becomes a beautiful thing in Satanism. Now, I, I'm so glad that you touched on that because it's going to lead us into exactly what uh, the next clip is going to be about because... One of the things that you know we've warned about a lot on this show, and I know that we probably need to just do an entire uh, episode just on the topic of yoga and yoking with Brahma mm-hmm. and this New Age practice. And I just had a talk um, with a sister in Christ 
who said that her father was getting into it and, and I and I was trying mm-hmm. to explain to her, no, 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 you know what the difference between yoga and stretching is? Uh, it's the yoga part. It's the yoking with Brahma. It's the sexual positions, the false gods and so forth. And we already talked about earlier, if you guys didn't check this out or maybe you're just catching up on the live stream. So we got over 500 people here. So praise God for you guys all on here. Um, and like I said, make sure you guys know we are going to do a Q&A after. You got questions about Barbie or just theological questions? We're going to try to get to these as soon as we're done with the review here on Barbie. But when we look at it, you see the Barbies being sold, having new age practices. You see all this. But but check this video out. This is actually Barbie teaching young girls how to yoke with Brahma or as some like to call it, yoga. Do yoga. I love doing yoga. I try to practice it every single day. Okay, another one from Stacy Warrior 3. Um, okay, that'll be fun to try. Let's see. Time for my favorite pose. <sighs> Savasana. This is for Chelsea. What's your favorite yoga pose? <laughs> Pace. Um. Joe, when I see stuff like that, and and I see this being pushed on little girls, I don't think people really understand the spiritual reality behind all of this. I don't think that people are looking at Psalm 96.5 enough, specifically the way that Justin Martyr, the early church, saw it, the way that it was translated in the Greek translation, that the idols of the nations are ultimately yeah. demons. That's what they are. So all of these gods that you're getting involved with, these statements, these yoking, these breathing meditations, and all this stuff that people are doing, guys, you are inviting, inviting demons into your life. And it is no joke. And to do this and to perpetuate this to little children, I, I, no, it's no, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised. Mattel sells Ouija boards. I mean, let's, let's be yeah. real here. Mattel sells Ouija boards. So, I mean, you're doing the same thing. You're just doing it with some stretching. Yeah, and the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 mm-hmm. that the gods that the, the heathen worship, the pagans worship, are actually demons. And uh, when I was being interviewed by Doreen Virtue, uh, she goes a little bit into her new age background and she we go a little bit more into that commercial and she shows a couple more of those poses and, you know, talks about how... Uh, the warrior god that she goes back and pictures are shown of the different Hindu deities that you're emulating through yoga to yoke with them the word yoga is a Sanskrit word that means to yoke or become one with and a lot of people that practice yoga are clueless that they're basically doing an ancient practice to contact demonic entities and it's interesting because Greta uh, is very spiritual she put a magazine she published a magazine uh, which I'm sure they're going to show you right now uh, a pic of Greta's occult magazine uh, where it's lady saints and mystics. And what's interesting, Chad, she says about this, listening is the most important task of any actor, but also of directors and writers, because when you grow quiet, there's a chance, however, unlikely, that something divine will speak to you and through you. This is the, this is the woman who's, you know, and it's got all kinds of... You're talking, we, about, the, well, you're talking about the woman who directed this film, yeah, who to get wrote, the role wrote an Apostles' Creed for Barbie. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm suggesting the <laughs> Apostles' Creed, you know, she felt she something divine, not God himself, but something, mm-hmm. and that's words that are used of the gods often, something divine, a divinity, or, you know, a, uh, a daimon or a demon, you know, uh, what could, you know, speak to you or channel through you. And it's interesting that she writes this Apostles' Creed, Gerwig, and then she gives it to select actress, you know, stars, and they keep it secret, you know? And it probably said something like, you know, 
Let's show that women are God and so forth. And let's align with the old ancient serpent energy and do what thou wilt. Or I don't know what she wrote, but something probably along those lines. Uh, I don't know. But definitely not the Apostles' Creed that we're familiar with, not the writings of the, of the, of the Scripture. So it's interesting uh, what we're seeing here is, is and, I, and I'm going to give another quote. Uh, it's a movie like when it starts. She's in a world where, you know, there's no aging, she said, right? But then there's a self-consciousness, this old story. I mentioned this earlier. I think it's amazing when we look at this because uh, this, she's going back to Genesis a couple different times with the quotes now. She's aligning, even in that, that basic show we just showed. Do we want our kids actually watching, you know, uh, Barbie telling them how to meditate and how to get these different poses with these ancient demon gods, you know, and so forth, and attracting these energies and so forth, and oming. I mean, you see her oming there. And Chad, you hear her go, oh, and then she draws a, uh. mm. you know what that is? Before I became a Christian, I got into the occult. I wasn't even doing yoga poses, trying to, uh, emulating uh, different Hindu gods and so forth. I was simply trying to program my subconscious mind from a couple books I thought were scientific, and I opened myself up to these same demonic entities, states of paralysis to where I'd have this oming or this Om, or but it was a continuous mm, or ooh, one continuous note. And then I realized, man, and I came out of it, and it's a long story, but I ended up coming to Jesus, realizing, you know what? I need to turn from that. As soon as I came to Jesus Christ and surrendered my life to him, that sound never came again in my life. And what's interesting about that is later on when I'd see mystics, occultists, talking about when you really get in touch with the spiritual realm, these entities, you'll hear these sounds and then it emulate that very sound I'm giving you right there. I go, yeah, you're right. But these are demons, you guys. Mm-hmm. They're demonic entities. There's a spiritual war. Well, the Om sound was done is done by mystics to, to they start with the O, but it's like a it's a it's like you're calling on a deity, and that one continuous note is basically emulating that very sound that mystics have heard when they've broken on through to the other side, to the satanic side. And it's basically an introduction into the occult and Satanism. Now I, I hope that people do hear this and 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 see the warnings of it, because it is it is so important for people to to really recognize this. And I want to say hi to we 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 got people all over Joe. We got people from from England. Praise God! I saw Chuck on here. Praise Lord, brother. Chuck is a fellow Arsenal fan. Arsenal just played in L.A. Uh, last night and they beat Barcelona, which was pretty cool. Uh, so nice having a fellow Gooner on there. But uh, but guys, it, it's great to see you. I hope you guys stay for the Q and A portion of this as we get into that. So you can if you're thinking about theological questions, don't throw them up there right now. I probably won't see them. Uh, maybe I will, but you know we, we're going through clips. We're doing a lot of things. It's going to get deeper before uh, we go to those. Exactly, and and it's going to get deeper. And and Joe, we have a, first of all, I want to tell you guys about what's coming tomorrow. Tomorrow we have an awesome. I, I'm going to call it a mini expose because of how many clips are in it. Uh, that Joe and I did that's coming out tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for the 511 News because we're going to be exposing not only Bethel Church in Reading, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, but also the connection with what, I mean, really the false beast system, the the mm-hmm. Antichrist, the, what's going on and how they're all connected. And I don't want you guys to miss that on 511 News. But one of the things uh, for those who watch 511 News on Fridays um, Joe will be with me tomorrow. He was with me last week on the show, even though he wasn't with me. And that's because we did play a clip, a very important clip. From Hollywood's that, War on God. From yeah. Hollywood's War on God that was connected to Barbie and connected to what was going on with Barbie. And I want to play this clip because I didn't want anyone thinking that, you know, there was some speculation that we were just making. Oh, wait, I'm seeing some parallels here with a Gnostic movie that was clearly Gnostic. So we're going to show first, so you guys can hear Greta Gerwig herself explaining 
really the last movie she watched before getting involved with Barbie. And then we're actually, we have a nice long clip for you guys to check out regarding uh, the Truman Show. But oh, I guess I, I kind of gave, see, we're on live, so we can't fix that. But um, but here is Greta we'll Gerwig between the two. explaining to you precisely one of the movies that she watched that truly inspired her when it came to directing and co-writing the new Barbie movie. Anyway, I think I actually kind of hit all... Oh, in Truman Show, of course, because yes. Truman Show I, is amazing. I was going to ask, because that's the most modern movie on yes. your list as well, which yeah. I, I appreciated your going back yes. into the classics. Well, yeah, and I had to include Truman Show both because I watched it again before I made this movie and because Peter Weir very generously got mm -hmm. on the phone with me. See, Joe, one of the reasons, and I know with 511 News, I wanted to play that clip. And and I'm saying this, too. When I got saved, I, I for those who maybe you just jumped on the live, we got a lot of you guys on here right now. But for 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 you who don't know, I got saved through watching They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll. I called my friend who gave me the video, and he I said, hey, where's the guy who made this? I, I want to meet him. I don't care where he lives. And he's like... He's like, oh, don't worry. He go. That's it's my pastor. We we're, we're gonna go to church on Sunday because right I'm a Christian now. <laughs> I was like, well, that'll that'll save me some money. Then he ends up marrying my daughter. <laughs> yeah, much. <laughs> of, I need a sanctification first, but yes, much. Uh, a year and a half later, uh, we started a relationship, and then we did end up, uh, praise the Lord, getting married, and have been married for eleven and a half years actually. Praise so the Lord. praise God, and have four beautiful children. But um, with all that, I remember when I came to church for the first time that that Sunday. I came and uh, my friend and I, we both gave gave our life to Christ together. We walked up after the service to, to say, just express, hey, I want to let you know we came to Christ after watching this video. And you gave us every good fight video that existed at the time. <laughs> and Hollywood's War on God, the one that stuck with me. And I'm and this isn't just all oh, great for the show. This is a reality. The, the thing that stuck with me, because I liked the movie as a non-believer. And I'm not saying if you like the movie, you're not a, you're not a believer. I'm just saying... I didn't realize I yeah, was being duped. Know, you know? I don't like being duped. I hate being duped. I don't think anyone likes thinking one thing and somebody duping you and they really want something else from you. And and when I saw that about the Truman Show, I was like, man, I probably watched that 50 times before I was saved. And I had no idea what was going on. So as soon as I heard, and by the way, I was listening to this interview before Barbie came out. And when I heard the Truman Show, literally, I remember like, Bing, yeah. there it is. I know what's coming. I know what's going to be in that movie before I even see it when she says she was so influenced by the Truman Show. Amen, Chad. And one of the things, uh, and Chad had seen They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. And when I give videos out, a lot of times or people grab them, I say, watch They Sold Their Souls before you watch Hollywood's War on God. Yeah. Because then you've already got the framework. Amen. In Hollywood's War on God, I show a bunch of movies that people don't even expect that are fully Gnostic. And, and we've talked about Gnosticism and things being inverted and everything. And perhaps before we show this clip, and by the way, this clip's probably just five or six minutes long. And some people will leave comments like, oh, why didn't you show this? Or you could have shown that. That's actually about a 13, 12, 13 minute long clip in Hollywood's War on God. It's, uh, we cover a lot more of it, but we can only show you so much. And so Josh edited in a really good way to show you kind of cut to the crux of it. But what's happening in the Truman Show and so much of Hollywood is our satanic inversions, Gnostic inversions. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is Satan becomes God and God becomes the devil. Uh, it's basically Satanism, just like the upside down pentagram that's using Satanism or live being evil spelled backwards according to the Satanic Bible. You know, everything is the opposite. And we've been talking about uh, that here. 
And it's interesting, Chad, in one of the interviews, and we used that clip instead, but I had another one where she says it was the Truman Show was the last thing I saw before I actually started writing the movie and so forth. And she talks about, in that interview as well, corresponding with the director of the Truman Show. And it's all an inversion. So cutting the chase, and I go in more depth in uh, my interview with Doreen Virtue on Gnosticism, but I want to cut more to the chase on this because we do want to get to questions and we want to get a little deeper in some of the stuff we're going to show you how it relates to Gnosticism. That's why I said we we're getting deeper, uh, is is that Gnosticism basically teaches that there was a, a, a you know ultimate depth, an unknown God that you couldn't know, who had these emanations of different eons or spirit entities that emanated from him, and that one of these entities wanted to get to know him, but was so ticked off that she couldn't get to know him, that she became angry, and she created this evil God, a demigod, she created Yahweh. So in the Gnostic myths, and this this came after Christianity, obviously, because they came Corruption, after Christ, yeah. because they had to co-opt Jesus and, and try to, the mystery religions had to take him in, because all of a sudden the spiritual warfare came about, where guess what, the Messiah came, and people are being saved left and right, and saying, like, what do we do? We can't whoop Christianity, because the gates of hell would not be able to prevail against the church. So what does he do? He's like, how do we co-opt Jesus? So the mystery religions co-opted Jesus by saying, ah, oh, he was one of these eons that emanated from the ultimate depth. And Sophia was one of these eons who creates Yahweh. And Yahweh is this very powerful God with a low IQ, supposedly. And he doesn't know there's no gods before him because he says in the Bible, before me there was no gods formed, neither shall there be after me. So the Gnostics say he didn't have knowledge of all these other gods. He thought he was the one true God, but he was so powerful, he created the entire physical universe, including planet Earth, including human beings. But he created the first human beings, Adam and Eve, and guess what? Their bodies, because they were made by Yahweh, and everything physical, all matter is evil. A lot of people know, yeah, the Gnostics believe that matter was evil, but they don't know why they believe matter was evil. We know why they believe matter was evil. It's We see it in the Nag Hammadi text, because it was created by Yahweh, and they look at him as being evil. So the, Adam and Eve need to be set free from their bodies created by Yahweh. So guess what Sophia does? She feels bad that she allowed this to happen. So she channels the serpent. And, and, you know, different Gnostic texts have their different spins on it. Uh, Valentinians, you know, talked about how she channeled a serpent and said, you shall be as God. So she sets them free from their bodies with the philosophy of disobeying Yahweh. The, the key to happiness and spiritual fulfillment is disobeying the righteous commands of Yahweh because really they're bad commands because he's a bad God. So Gnosticism, basically what happens, they turn God into the devil. They turn the devil into Sophia, a savior. And it's absolutely brilliant in a demonic way. And that's what Hollywood's all about. Satan's using all, all these demonic entities are using uh, so many directors and writers and so forth and actors and actresses often in Hollywood to invert the, in, the creation story and make the creator of the universe into the devil. And what's well, interesting because we basically show how in the Truman Show, uh, the God figures, and as in Barbie the same, uh, is basically evil. And the temptress, you know, well, you'll see for yourself in this clip. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's important for us to get to this. And I had a couple guys asking asking about, what about the Truman Show? What, what was that? So, guys, just as he gave you a little bit of their cosmology and so forth. Also, if you watch Hollywood's War on God, and I want to tell you guys this before we play the clip, I put a link in the description. You guys can check that out on our Vimeo, Vimeo page. And, and Joe, you go in depth on that. There's even a clip you can find on Good Fight Ministries' YouTube channel. And as this clip is playing... I'm going to go find it and put that in the chat here. So hopefully you guys will be blessed by that as well. But check Amen. out this clip on The Truman Show. The Truman Show is a movie about a man named Truman Burbank who was adopted by a corporation before he was even born for the express purpose of exploitation in the reality show. 
After his birth, he is placed in an artificial world on the phony island town of Sea Haven, which unknown to Truman for the first 29 years of his life is really a Burbank studio. Hence his birth name, Truman Burbank. Truman is unknowingly viewed by millions of people in the television audience 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for the rest of his life as thousands of cameras record his every move. Say something. You're on television. You're live to the whole world. His artificial world is filled with actors and actresses carrying out a script for the entertainment of the world as well as the ego of Kristoff, the evil creator Remember, and director of the show. With just one. Kristoff lives in a celluloid world above the sky viewing Truman's every move, which is monitored from the moon station, which is a control center for the show. However, Truman Burbank comes to the Gnostic revelation that life is a scam and that he lives in an illusory world and finally realizes who the true man is within. It doesn't take a genius to realize that beyond the surface of a reality show gone overboard, that the two men most responsible for manipulating poor Truman's life are named Moses and Kristoff, or C-H-R-I-S-T. OF, Christ off. Unmistakable references to both Moses and Christ, the central personages of both the Old and New Testaments. Even as Truman finds the true man within, we also discover that Christ is way off as he seeks to exploit others to his own twisted glory. Just as God offers Moses the promised land, so director Peter Weir states that, quote, what Christoph proposed to Moses was unprecedented and staggering in its scope. He showed Moses plans for a new studio on a large parcel of land in Burbank, California. The studio was designed by ex-NASA scientists who had been working on a sealed environment for humans to live and work. As the Truman Show progresses, we not only discover more and more about Truman, but we discover more and more about the evil creator. He goes from being a control freak to one that flies into a rage. In the end, he loses his hold on Truman and is defeated. He is depicted as a monstrous creator who derives pleasure from being in control and watching another live a lie. In the film's climactic scene, Kristoff is revealed to be an evil manipulator. Truman makes a heroic attempt to escape Kristoff's phony world by a sailboat. Kristoff, filled with wrath, loses control and rains down a thunderous storm upon Truman's head. Kristoff is intent on stopping Truman from escaping, even if it means drowning him. Notice that we get another clue as to what's going on here, and we see the boat number, boat number 139. We see number 139 on the boat when the boat is sailing, but we also see that after Truman recovers from the capsized boat, he's clutching the sail, and the director wants to make sure that we see that 139 all over again. This is significant, because in the Bible, Psalm 139 is all about God seeing everything. In Psalm 139, the psalmist talks about God knowing the psalmist's location and his every thought. Psalm 139 states, quote, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise to the wings of the dawn, I settle on the far side of the sea. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as a light to you. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. After nearly drowning, Truman fails to turn back to Kristoff. Kristoff finally speaks directly to his, quote, son, end quote, from heaven. Truman, you can speak. I can hear you. 
creator of a television show that gives hope and joy and inspiration to millions. Then who am I? You're the star. Was nothing real? You were real. It's what made you so good to watch. Listen to me, Trunet. There's no more truth out there than there is in the world I created for you. Same lies. The same deceit. But in my world, you have nothing to fear. As in Gnosticism, Truman recognizes his own power over Kristoff, and appearing to walk on water, he makes his ascent up into a door in the heavens to find freedom from Kristoff's restrictions. Actually, he becomes his own savior with the help of the fallen star, the help of the woman at the tree, and self-discovery. Ultimately, the crowd is made to celebrate Truman's salvation from the evil creator, Kristoff and Moses. It seems that director Peter Ware, through The Truman Show, purposely sought to get people to question the authority of their creator, Ware stated, quote, Truman lived on, unaware that his life was unlike any other. After all, why should he doubt his world? It was all he'd ever known, as real to him as ours is to us. Wow, I mean, I think the, the big thing here, and hopefully we'll get to dig into this here if you're wondering, and maybe you just turned it on. I know we got a lot of new people on here. So maybe you just turn it on and you're like, well, how does this have anything to do with, you know, uh, the Barbie movie and so forth. One, if you guys weren't listening, Greta Gerwig said this is the last film she watched before doing the Barbie movie. And she said that the director of this film right. was a great influence for her. And they, and they talked together about this film. Barbie. And they talked together yeah. about the Barbie How to film. do it. And you have somebody, especially if you, get, if you watch the movie at all, you have somebody who gives you an existential crisis right? Oh, uh, all of a sudden the Barbie who only has joy, only has peace, everything works out for her, even though she's not attracted to anybody and she just wants to hang out with her girls and not nothing to do with guys and the guys, all they want is her attention. They're superfluous, uh, apparently, yeah. according to the film and all of that. And then you have this situation where there's an existential crisis and ultimately the answer to that is ultimately never given. It, it really isn't. I mean, the end is her finally being able to visit a gynecologist and there's it's just weird it just ends weird but Joe there's so much more in terms of what they're actually propagating especially when we understand the influences of the Truman Show yeah I think if there is an answer given in the film it's basically self-actualization it's basically finding your true will the, the philosophy of do what thou wilt you know and doing your own thing and then and then you can evolve together as as we basically become our own gods and and, and I'll get to the at the end of the movie there's something that said by Margot that uh, by Barbie, uh, stereotypical Barbie that I think is the crux of really what they're they're getting at than the movie and the climax is basically you shall be as gods and you'll see that from something I quote earlier or later on in the movie later on in this expose. But I mentioned you might have got lost in, in that at toward the very end like what is he talking about the woman at the tree and the fallen star? These were revelations and like I mentioned that that clip is cut short. It's longer in Hollywood's War and God where we show various Gnostic movies like Pleasantville and so forth, which are all about making Yahweh. God evil and Satan great in Pleasantville. You know everything's black in black and white, or you know, and then they partake of the forbidden fruit, the apple, and all of a sudden everything's beautiful and so forth. Here, uh, there is a woman at a tree that gives him revelation. There's a star that falls. Sirius says, uh, 
from off the set, and it's like supposed to be like a fallen star from uh, a Moses's and Christoph's set, and that's a revel- revelation to him. We know the tree of knowledge and evil, and they'll say it's a fallen star. So all those things go together. It's quite interesting how they crafted that, but they're under the uh, the uh, you know the power of, of demonic entities, of course, because it's part of the spiritual war that we're at, uh, and just seducing people uh, with candy that's laden with, as they have acknowledged, uh, some of them with poison. Uh, some of these movie makers, that is. Now, it's interesting because the temptress is called Weird Barbie, not to be mistaken with the pregnant gal who is just kind of off on her own, but uh, Weird Barbie in the Barbie movie, everything is symmetrical, uh, everything is beautiful, you know, uh, in, in Barbie land, but this is the woman, this this temptress who tempts her to leave Barbie land is a picture of Satan. Uh, in fact, uh, it's interesting because uh, you, she goes to her house and everything is crooked and messed up. It's not symmetrical because she's a portal to the so-called real world, uh, the land of basically, you know, do what thou wilt, not being submissive to God. And it's interesting because she's talked about in the movie uh, and they talk about her when they explain her is that she was the most beautiful of the Barbies, this this weird Barbie. But then she was rejected. Isn't that interesting, Chad? She's the most beautiful of Barbies, but then she's rejected. That sounds a lot like the biblical story of Lucifer, the truth, the reality, that he's this incredibly beautiful angel, perfect in all his ways, and he's described as incredibly beautiful, but then he rebels against God because he wants to be like the most high God, then he's rejected. And then he becomes the one that tempts us. So now you have Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live playing this part as a temptress, holding up basically the red and the blue pill, or in this case, it's not the Matrix. And I go through the Matrix, by the way, and Hollywood's War of God. That's totally Gnostic because the AI is putting everybody to sleep and just sponging power from and energy from them. And he ends up being Yahweh. And it's, and Neo Anderson, right? Which means new, Neo, new Anderson, son of man. He's a new new son of man, Neo Anderson. He basically takes the the pill that sets him free. Then he tells the AI at the very end of the first movie, he cows him out of the up on the, a payphone. He says basically, you know what? Now we're gonna, I'm going to set these guys free. I'm going to do what thou wilt, and we don't have to follow you anymore. We're going to do our own thing. He says, and it's it's all it's and even the what was Anowski brothers who did the Matrix. One of them claims to be a woman now admitted that it was fully Gnostic. There's the Nebuchadnezzar, and when they're partying in Zion, it's actually like under the earth, and it's like raging flames and hell. But it's supposed to be a party. It's all inverted Gnosticism. But it's interesting here when we look at this and what's going on here is when she's being tempted, uh, a, a basically a high heel is held, a pink high heel is held up for Barbie Land, yes, and then there's this sandal, you know, the Birkenstock uh, sandal. Which one do you want to choose? This one or the left hand path over here, right? And and she's like a little nervous. She says, you know, the, the high heel, and she just says, no. You really need to know. You need to know the secrets of the universe. You know, no, she used the word no twice. You need to know the secrets of the universe representing the tree of knowledge of good and evil. No way. Nah. What do you think? Think about that. Well, you're saying that she's being aligned with a serpent, Joe. Absolutely. In fact, why else did they give her these big old serpent uh, or snake skinned uh, boots? In fact, you see the picture. Probably They probably have it up there right now because I know this is a live show. Uh, Hollywood doesn't like mink coats and they don't like snake skins and stuff like that. That's anti-woke but they're trying to represent her as 
with the serpent. They're trying to represent her with Satan and that original deception. And it becomes, after a while, you start looking at this stuff and you realize that this is made in the image of the Truman Show in some ways. And you start seeing this and, and you have to stick your head in the sand not to see it because it becomes glaring after a while. Now, most people are going to watch this film and they're not going to see any of this. But you start pointing out the connections. You start seeing that she herself admitted that it's an inversion of the Genesis story to a degree and that she's aligning the temptress with Satan. And then you have the temptress saying, Chad, guess what her role is McKinnon in an interview Kate McKinnon says she's basically yeah we have that clip actually we're we're going to show that right now she says she's a shaman weird Barbie has sort of been um, relegated sequestered quarantined to this space which is her weird house which is a um, sort of freakish amalgam of uh, shapes and colors, obviously, that is the manifestation of who she is in this world, which is like a shaman figure, just like a shaman figure. A shaman figure, you're getting it right from their mouth. This isn't our opinion. What are shamans, Chad? Well, shamans are witch doctors. And so you have somebody there that people go to these shamans and usually get sort of potions and so forth and, um, you know, different things that they're supposed to get. Or you could even have uh, guy shamans a lot of times are just straight up demon possessed. I mean, yeah, ultimately, I mean, I remember yeah. distinctly when they were talking about the doors and when it came to Morrison, when he was up there, he said he wasn't a showman. He was a shaman. That's right. And those were his. And you look at some of the performances he did with the doors and you talked about breaking on through through the other side, yeah. which is what they did. But when like when he dropped out of UCLA and was running and. Guess what? On running, I found Satan. He found the devil. The like, spirit of music. Gave all those early songs he admitted. And, and he and, called himself the electric shaman, yeah. And he broke on through the other side, side as a shaman. And so that's what they're needing this weird Barbie. They're needing her for all this guidance. And Yeah, and what does a shaman her? do? A shaman basically becomes mediated between two worlds, the spiritual yeah. world, and it's forbidden. Uh, they use a lot of times pharmakia, sorcery, the things that are forbidden in scripture. And they mediate between the demonic world and and they become channels for demonic spirits. Well, guess what? The serpent was a channel. The serpent was a, a shaman, a channel for Satan to seek to deceive Eve. And here she has the serpent, you know, boots on, and she admits that she's a shaman. In fact, if we let that clip go on, she goes on to say that, you know, I, w- I wish I was, I want to be, you know, I'd like to be a shaman in real life and so forth as well. So this is stuff that is close to home for these folks, you know. So it's interesting because, uh, I mean, how would you describe? The, the Genesis, in the Genesis story, you would say, yeah, the serpent was a shamanic, a shamanic type creature who allowed Satan to use him. And there she is. She's in, in that image. In fact, in the next clip we're showing, Chad, I think it's interesting. You want to you yeah, open no, that Yeah, no, I think it's important because what is this shaman? What are they going to give you? And what are they going to do with Barbie? The knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil. And here she is expressing you what they're actually going to put forth. It's a person who has been raised as one thing and thinks they are that thing, but knows somewhere deep down that they're something else. And it's that journey of self-actualization that every human being is on and is thwarted in every human being by these rigid uh, gender roles and ideas about what we ought to be. Gender roles, rigid gender roles. I mean, Joe, it's it's so easy to see it coming that it's almost boring because yeah. yeah. you're just. I mean, I, the same thing with when I turned on Greta's interview. I'm like, 
I'm not wondering, am I going to be able to find a good thing that proves the point of what we're trying to express? I'm just like, I wonder when the time code is because yeah. I'm just waiting for it because yeah. this shaman dressed up in snake boots, giving out, giving out knowledge, giving her gnosis. It was kind of interesting too because it's like she basically tells you, you don't actually have a choice. There's like, there's some sort of compatibilism there where yeah. I'm going to act like there's a choice, but I'm going to determine this yeah. choice for you. And now you have to go into that, which... Oh, that's right. The Gnostics also believed in that too. But that yeah, and in a way she doesn't have the choice either. She, yeah. she she says that, but she goes, no, like you, you can't. That's not how it goes. And I think what's going on there's a little play on the Genesis count. No, that's not how the story goes. Because remember, mm. it's based on that story. It's an aversion. So when she picks the, I thought mm, that's interesting. She says that one, and she goes, no, uh, you're supposed to pick this one. Meaning that's how the Genesis story. That's what actually happened. You picked the wrong way. So you got to pick this way. I think that's what's going <laughs> no, on. No, that, it's Little interesting. And one of the reasons we we like doing the shows like this live is because we didn't do any notes in terms of like, hey, what do you think about this movie and stuff? We really didn't. We we got together today, and he's like, hey, here's some clips. And I just barely Chad's saw him. doing wonderful, I got by the here. way. I'm like, man, he's just rolling good. <laughs> I just barely saw him. But, I can tell you saw the movie. <laughs> but I saw the, I saw that thing. And man, you know, Joe, we've had to see some movies, you know, to try to express to people some of the warnings, you know. And that one, I mean, it is, it was, it was absolute trash. But I'll, I'll tell you this: before I, I did see it, one of the things that before it came out and recording and getting ready for Five Eleven News to talk about the Barbie movie. One of the things that was interesting was other people online were seeing this. Other people, I saw tweets and, and so forth. That's actually yeah. one of the first thing Praise I said. God. People's Gnostic, whatever. And I'm looking and people are like, hey, did anyone else get this? And they're like, all of a sudden there's an imperfection and she's kicked out of Barbie land. Yeah. What's going on there? Is this some sort of Eden thing? And I'm like, well, I haven't seen it yet, but let me see what people are saying. And then you just see it over and over again. And it's, mm. we got to get away from these gender roles. They're really restrictive. You know, it's almost like, all flesh is really evil and it's really your spirit that tells you what kind of sex you are. You could be saying that's transgenderism or I could be saying that's actually Gnostic. And that's what it is, bro. That's what it is. So Joe, one of the other aspects uh, about Barbie as we've talked about Gnosticism, we've talked about the fact that Greta Gerwig grew up as a universalist. Uh, she grew, not only grew up as that, but then went to Catholic school and then seemingly put some sort of elements into that, some of her other movies as well, and then you have that going on here. We've talked about specifically Barbie, not just this movie, but Barbie as a whole. And when the edifice is a prostitute, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. crazy to think about. And then we're looking at some of the songs that are being sung as well. And, and you know, Joe, the, some of this stuff with baby smashing, hating uh, womanhood, it, it all goes with the same culture of woke. And we'll have an episode on that on Monday for you guys. For those who are on the live stream, know that on Monday, we will have an episode about the spirit behind the woke culture. And and the truth is, is when we see all this, it, it's not just Barbie that hates the family unit, that hates a husband and a wife coming together, the, the man laying his life down for his bride. If he treats her so imp, uh, improperly, and, and doesn't recognize her as the weaker vessel that that husband gets his prayers cut off mm. and we see that the, the woman coming alongside the husband and that it's a beautiful it thing is. under what what is what God wants his design for the family and you see whether it was Black Lives Matter that came out and said we hate the nuclear family we want to dispose of it whether it was a Lester Crowley who specifically had an entire poem public enemy and public family. enemy number one was the family. And so we look at this, there's a spirit behind it. They hate fathers in the home. They want fathers out of the home. They want moms independent. They can just run their own lives. And some of them, you know, and, and I'm, this is anecdotal. I don't, I, I'm already going too long on this before leading this over to you about some of the songs. 
But just just the other day, my wife was uh, was speaking to me about on one of the the women forums uh, that a woman had asked, "Hey, I have a, a great husband. Um, he we've been together forever. He does all these things. It's so great." Um, but I've found another lover. Mm. Is it okay for me to leave him because I have so much fun with this other guy? Oh my God. And my husband actually knows about it and he's just begging for me to come back. What should I do? And what brought my wife to tears was the guidance given by woman after woman. I left my husband a oh long time God. ago. I went and became independent and I'm so much this, that, and the other. And I'm like, you're, you can only hug your job for so long. You're not going to get to hug it on your deathbed. You're not going to have your family there who loves you because you chose your mm-hmm. pleasure over serving. And guess what? The true pleasure comes from an alignment with God's will. And when you are outside Amen. of that alignment, you are basically just cleaning your car, thinking that you are washing it with your dog's feces. It's just useless. It's doing nothing for you. It's actually making it really stinky. And eventually you will reap what you sow. So just hurts my heart. And, it, and it's a lot of this independence nonsense that is been just permeated through filthy novels that are read at home, through movie and TV shows and music that, you know, I'm a boss blank and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is the nonsense. And this is what we get is just a bunch of people by themselves dying alone without anybody that loves them that are told, children, you don't need them. Husband, you don't need them. Go and just work in the workforce and ultimately be used as a slave. Ultimately. Yeah. So... Yeah. Sorry, Joe. I know it's a lot to get into on the, the, and, the next And no, it's clip, important because it's being important. independent and being independent from what God created us to be, you're basically like a rogue cancer cell, you know? Like a, a cell in your body that says, I want to be independent from all the other bodies is incredibly destructive. And then it multiplies and then you die. And that's why our hearts, we, we, we cry out to God for people that have cancer. But it's the same way in, in the world. When we, when we go rogue, we want to be independent from God and His moral law. Eventually, He allows us to, He says, okay, I'm giving you a free will and you can have outer darkness and eternal punishment forever and ever. That's not a wise choice at all. But it's interesting because uh, they drop a number of clues, kind of like the Truman Show, as to what is ultimately going on here. And 99.999999% of people beyond that even will miss it, unfortunately. And they're laughing. A lot of these actors and especially the directors and and a lot of the writers are laughing. And and, and Chad, I want to say something. They didn't literally say we hate the family, but they did say just so we get this accurate. They, oh, yeah. They, yeah. But, they, but they said they wanted to bring an end to the nuclear family, BLM. And that's certainly true. And uh, Satan hates that. He hates husband and wife, marriage, because the picture of Christ and his bride and God's eternal romance and the, the, the mega mysterium that God's created. That's why Satan's coming after all of this. Uh, but it's interesting. When she's leaving Barbie land into the real world, uh, you have uh, Barbie is singing a song. And she's singing a song by Indigo Girls called Closer to Fine, meaning closer to being fine, to being all right. And it's interesting, that's not by accident, guys. I mean, that's an old old song, a folk song. It's like, why does Greta, uh, you know, bring this song into play, you know? Well, you look at the message. You, you got to research these things. I, you check it out, and it's kind of interesting because that song mentions the Bible. Really? But what does it say about the Bible? It basically says you can reject the Bible and find answers other places. Kind of like what Chad was saying in regard to this, this uh, woman's board where this woman's getting advice not from God's word, but from other women uh, to basically leave her family and just basically destroy it so she can have sex with this other man. But it's interesting uh, because uh, when she's singing that song, uh, the, the, the lyrics uh, say some interesting things. Uh, it's about rejecting basically a biblical truth. And the song says, I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Give me insight between black and white, you know? 
the knowledge of good and evil, right? And then the song says, yeah, we go to the Bible and we go through uh, the workout, you know? It talks about being on the lookout and what have you. Go to the Bible, but then what? Well, the song says there's more than one answer to these questions. You don't need to go to God's word for the answers. There's more than you you have a you you know you have a choice between right and wrong, right? And it's true you do have a choice, but there's only one right answer, guys. Uh, in fact, the song goes on to say uh, there's more to one answer. Uh, there's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line, and that's kind of interesting because the crooked house, you know, of the temptress. Uh, Kate McKinnon, he plays Weird Barbie. And the less I seek my source, now it's interesting, and the less I seek my source for some definitive, and the less I seek the Bible, which she's already mentioned as the definitive, the less I seek the God's word, the definitive, the, the truth, the closer I am to find, closer I am to find. And it's like, well, Joe, is she really saying that you don't need to find your, you know, uh, you know, truth in your religion, in the Bible, and so forth? I think it's pretty clear, but listen to what she said herself. Emily Sailors, who wrote this, she said, I'm saying we put all our, st- we, uh, I'm saying we put all our stock into religion. You know, she says, mentioned a couple other things. And it's better to take all things into account rather than think that one source, that one source is going to give all the answers to your problems. Well, the Bible says God that God's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The Bible says that God's word is sufficient so we can be fully equipped for life. The Bible says that God's given us his Holy Spirit as Christians and, he's, and that he's more than enough. Well, wait, he's more than enough? Oh, it's interesting. At the end of the movie, guess who had a shirt on that said enough, but there was a K in front of it, right? I am enough, right? Ken is a play on his name, Ken. He doesn't need God. He, he's enough. He's, he's his own star. You know, do what thou wilt. That's that whole philosophy, right? So it's interesting. Uh, Emily Sayers, who wrote the song and sings it in, in, in uh, For Indigo Girls, says, and that song is about not being, yourself up too, not being yourself up too hard to get the answer from one place. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5. She goes on to say, there's no panacea. Yeah, there is. His name is Jesus. Uh, that in order to be balanced, to feel closer, to find, it's okay to draw from this or to draw from that or to draw from a bunch of different sources. Isn't that interesting? And she goes on to say that you're not supposed, you don't need to be seeking one definitive answer. And that basically is... And I'm not going to get into it because it would take too long. We do want to get the answers, but I want to give you, I want to bring this to a, a, an ending, a climax before we get to the questions. But it's interesting because she was brought up a universal Unitarian, okay? And they basically embrace all sorts of occultism and they embrace all kinds of different uh, uh, occult practices. In fact, we don't have time to show it to you right now, but I was going to show you where a lady who's a universal uh, uh, Unitarian, uh, considered a reverend in the movement, has a, a body of, uh, Unitarians, they claim that they use the name of Jesus. That's how Satan works, right? Bring Jesus in, but he's just, you know, like a Ken doll. He's just a sidekick. And she says, you know, she says, guess what? We're the heretics in the early church. We embrace the heresy. She just says it straight out. Don't have time to show you that clip. Uh, we didn't even have time to put it together because we've just been racing to get all this stuff to you. So, uh, but it's interesting because uh, in the thing that we showed earlier, her, her, her book, you know, where she's literally, uh, or her magazine, right? Lady Saints and Mystics. And one reviewer said she, you know, it's about frightening encounters even with some of these mystics. And it's a bunch of pictures, occult pictures. And in my interview with Doreen, uh, she goes in more depth into some of the pictures, having the occult background of these pictures or what have you. Uh, but it's interesting uh, when you when you, you look at this, uh, she looks at as, this is Greta, 
you know, you can, you can, you know, basically you can eat from the tree of Gnosis and, and tap into all these different occult things. But understand, just kind of to wind it up and then bring you to a kind of a climactic ending, the temptress, you know, uh, she's laid in, in serpent clothes, we've seen. It's about leaving Eden. She actually uses a crystal ball-looking thing to show her what could be her future, which is one of those snowballs as well, right? And uh, the temptress also is telling her, you know, you need to take this path, the left-hand path, right, for knowledge, right? And it's interesting because God in the picture is Will Ferrell, you know? She it, Finally, she of escapes, course. and then all of a sudden she ends up being captured and be brought back into the hotel uh, uh, office building, and she jettisons to the very highest one. I'm like, there it is in the movie. And I, you know, and I'm moving, I'm like watching, I'm like, yep, he's the highest spot in the building. And in the background, it looks so heavenly and beautiful and everything, but he's a despot, Will Ferrell. He's, he plays Yahweh. And then she ends up escaping, she ends up running, she takes off, you know, and uh, basically she runs into the, uh, uh, you know, into a spirit's abode. Now, if you remember seeing that, she runs up into uh, Ruth Handler, her creator, yeah. a lady playing Ruth Handler comes in, she offers her tea, has her sit down, and then she shows her the way to escape to get to the light outside of the heavenly part of the building, and she escapes back into the real world. Again, this is, you can't make this stuff up. It's, it's just a picture. And she find, and then she says, I'm your creator, you know? So, mm-hmm. Sophia, I'm like the creator of your spirit. The real of Yahweh, I'm the real one. I'm your spiritual enlightenment. So it's, it's all there for you. And then Will Ferrell calls her a Jezebel. And Jezebel becomes a term, which I thought, that's interesting. Will Ferrell's calling her Jezebel. That's the term We have a of question a related to that, queen. too, later. She's a wicked queen in the Old Testament, you know, and she's called a witch. And then Jesus calls a false teacher who is seducing, a woman false teacher who is seducing and leading his servants astray in a sexual sin in Revelation chapter 2 at the church of Thyatira. He calls her a false, she's a false prophet. He calls her a Jezebel. She says, he calls her Jezebel. And it's interesting because Will Ferrell is supposed to be the picture of God and Christ. It becomes so obvious when you watch this. And this is what's crazy about this whole thing is that uh, in the end, which I think is very, very fascinating, in the very end, uh, and this is getting even deeper, okay? Uh, I thought, there it is, man. And this is probably the, practically the message of the movie. At the end, you know, Barbie says, stereotypical Barbie says, you know, I don't want to be you know, she's talking to Ruth Handler again, her creator, because now she's back to the Sophia aspect, right? The one who said they're free. She goes, she basically says, I don't want to be just a creation. Or she says an idea. Wasn't content. We're not content to be, Eve's not content to just be a creature. She says, I want to be the maker, you know? I want to be the one that makes. I want to be God. That's the message, is that we can be God. I mean, you guys, we were nothing before God gave us life. He made us in his image so we have fellowship with him forever and ever. How beautiful is that? He gave us husbands and wives so it's a picture of, of God's love for his people and, and, and children so it's God's love for his people again shown through that dimension and how he wants relationship with us for eternity. We are God. We're not the uncreated creator of all things. That's a lie. That's a joke. It's insidious. It's wicked. It's perverse. And that's what Satan's first lie was. And it was his first lie to himself. I shall be like the Most High God. Then it was to Eve. And it's a lot of the Antichrist who sit in the temple of God, show himself that he is God. And that's what the world's being prepared for. And that's why all these movies are coming out, that we could do what we will and be our own gods. But we're all being set up, not us, because we know Jesus, being set up for eternal judgment and damnation forever and ever. You won't be God. In fact, it says Satan, we are reduced to be like on the ground, you know, just nothing. And the people will mock him saying, this is the one that led the world astray. He's like us. He's got no power. Man, you'll be totally powerless. It's such a lie. And Chad, this is at the very end. I save this end because I think this gets so heavy because at the very beginning of the movie, and we're not going to play the, the clips, okay? Because we're going to get right to the questions. But this is so powerful. And if you missed everything and just catch this part, this is really, really revealing. Is 
Uh, it starts off the movie, and the first trailer showed this as well. It's a takeoff from uh, uh, Space Odyssey, you know, 2001, right? By Kubrick, who directed it, and written uh, by Arthur C. Clarke, right? The, the famed fiction writer. And it's interesting because in that movie, which was so popular, uh, Space Odyssey 2001, you have this incredible music, you know, uh, and and you have these apes, and all of a sudden a monolith appears. It's like this alien monolith just appears, this huge black monolith, like you see, for instance, in Zeppelin's album, uh, The Presence album, and which was part of Alistair Alice Crowley's uh, furniture. And there's, you know, it's, it's a symbol of this presence, this satanic presence that's everywhere. Well, you have this huge black monolith, and all of a sudden it brings wisdom to these apes, and they begin to evolve. And one begins just being, it's breaking and smashing uh, the bones of, I think it's a pig, as they evolve in, in, and come in, become into humanity, which is another of Satan's lies, right? What's interesting, uh, in the trailer, it shows the same music, and these dolls are being played with by these little girls, but now it's not a black monolith, it's this huge Barbie. It's bar stereotypical Barbie. And they look at their dolls, who want to be like mothers and nurture these babies when they get older, and they begin to smash them, just like the apes. Because now, guess what? The, the spiritual ingenuity that they're going to now receive from worshiping Barbie and looking to Barbie as being their savior is now going to lead them. That's how Greta starts off this movie, guys, as Barbie being basically an idol, a idol, a doll, right? But she becomes it. And this is what's crazy. It becomes more insidious because when you look at this story, look at the story through. In 2010, the sequel to that movie, uh, Space Odyssey 2010, Space Odyssey 2 is what the book was called. In the novel and in the movie, what happens is uh, humanity's trying to evolve, but it's just not working. It's written during the Cold War when, when when the Soviet Union and the United States are on the brink of war and there's going to be this disaster. And what happens at the end of 2010 is a new sun appears. Jupiter goes through you know fusion and it comes to the Earth as a new sun. And that new sun as Hal, the, the AI, you know, the computer sends back a message that you can have peace because of your new sun. And now you have two suns. You have the old sun, which is kind of a dying cold sun where they don't really get life from anymore. So you have to have this new sun that brings new life to them. And you see these, these two suns now, and you have the new sun. But guess what? They don't tell you what this new sun is called that brings this world peace in the end and brings this ultimate goal of evolution that starts there on the beach with the apes and actually imbibes little Barbie girls now, right? They don't tell you what this, this you know what it's called? You know what the new sun is called in, the, in uh, Arthur C. Clarke's book? Over and over again, it's referred to as Lucifer. He brings the peace at the end. So this movie goes so much deeper. This Barbie movie is so layered. It goes so much deeper. And by the way, there was another book written by uh, that Kubrick, the director, wanted to do with Arthur C. Clarke before he ended up doing 2001 Space Odyssey 2001 and then eventually 2010. And that was Childhood's End. Childhood's End. But when you looked at that, man, it was his book and he it was one of his favorite books. Basically, Space Odyssey 2001 and 2010 are basically a retelling of Childhood's End. And Childhood's End, they ended up not doing. And But Childhood's End, you know what happens there? And a, a TV series was, was finally made based on it after Arthur C. Clarke had passed. And what happens is these, these kids, it's about the kids again. They're always going after the children, you guys. He's going after the children. These space aliens come, and they want to advance the evolution of the children. The parents are skeptical about the evolution of the entire world. And guess what? What happens is their evolution is elevated because... These guys, these aliens mean good, man. We're going to be peace. They, they bring an end to bullfighting in Spain. They start bringing more peace. But they don't want to reveal what they really look like, these aliens. They want to reveal who they really are. 
until later they say, well, at this date, we'll show you who we are. Well, guess what? They basically give psychic abilities to these children from this overmind. And all these children are now being getting telekinesis, occult powers, demonic powers. The parents are tripping out and the parents are ultimately destroyed. And these children grow up to become this occult fraternity and the future. And then they reveal their true identity. You know what they look like? If you've ever seen a depiction of a devil, a demon, with the barbed tail and, and the horns and the, 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 the wings and so forth. Uh, in fact, the television show based on this did a good rendition of what they look like. Look, so de They're devils. And in the book, they're devils that bring this new world. So it's very interesting to me that this is all based on, on Arthur C. Clarke's work, right? It also influenced, along with The Truman Show, it's based on demonic roots, folks, and devils in the end. I wish we had that clip for you. We don't. But basically, we're telling you this is what it's all about, folks. It's demonic at its core. You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.